Hola, somos Tania Moreno y Daniela Álvarez de TCU. Y estás escuchando College Volleyball Weekly. ¡Go Frogs! This is Tania Moreno and Daniela Álvarez from TCU. And you are on College Beach Volleyball Weekly. ¡Go Frogs! Hi everyone, I'm Charlie Ekstrom of Stanford Beach Volleyball and you are listening to College Volleyball Weekly Beach Edition. Hi, I'm Alana Rennie of Arizona Beach Volleyball. And I'm Alex Parker of Arizona Beach Volleyball. And you're listening to College Beach Volleyball Weekly. Is that right? No. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Good day, everyone. Once again, College Volleyball Weekly Beach Top 20. And it is an exciting week because through conference play, We've got two folks on the screen in Gulf Shores, lucky people. That's Mads Fitzpatrick of Florida State and Charlie Ekstrom of Stanford University. Good evening, ladies. Obviously, it's evening in Bama and a great week of conference play. But um, I want to start off by recapping some of the tournaments that we saw this weekend and some of the results. And I know that uh, both of you had some big weekends, some not so big. Big news in the end, once you got to the selection show, but uh, tournament was, uh, we'll say it wasn't what you'd expected. We'll keep it at that. So, um, Matt's Charlie, let's go for it here. Let's look at our first result of the week that caught our eye in this Georgia State winning the Conference USA tournament, but they beat FIU twice, 4-1 and 3-0. Uh, FAU, which is an upset, 3-2, because FAU had been beating them uh, for the most part the entire season. So uh, what do we know about uh, Georgia State? And we'll start with you, Mads. Yep. So I am have always been a huge Georgia State fan. I love their coach, Coach Beth. Um, just the kindest, most selfless coach ever. Um, and then I've got to w- play them and watch them a lot. One through five, they're stacked. Eden Hawes and her partner Maddie at the twos, they're incredible. And then you've got the two little Ferrari twins at the fours. And I think what we talked about that they only have like two losses like they're such a consistent pair and they're both by four and they're insane they set like an inch above the net and they jump so high and they can swing basically straight down from being that small so i'm a huge fan of all georgia state um and i'm really excited for them because i know they've never won that conference before and beating fau and fiu is a huge upset so i'm proud of them yeah i, just, I had to look it up because we were talking about angel and bella ferrari 34 and 2 on the season that's so. incredible <laughs> how about you charlie yeah i mean that record speaks for itself that they are a freaking force to be reckoned with especially being so small i feel like they're so underrated because we don't see that many like teams small um or like tiny ball small ball play anymore and i think it's really cool because i mean it just speaks again to a their athleticism and b just like the strength that they have as a partnership and the strength georgia state has in kind of their lineup with having that consistency at a force pair is really cool. Um, And I think that even looking back when we were kind of talking um, pre-announcement of the top 16, Georgia State wasn't really on anybody's radar, like them. And I'm sure that you'll talk about Cal Poly as well, but um, they were not necessarily predicted to come to Gulf Shores unless they took the conference title. And they came in and very clearly like executed exactly the way that they executed because they ended up knocking FIU out of the running of the bracket, um, defeated them twice, defeated FAU. They won conference USA, which is huge. And I mean, they're here and they're going to be competing with us for the first time in a long time. 
Well, uh, for Mads, this is the first breakoff formally because this is a Conference USA was a breakup of the CCSA, where it was the aqua and the blue brackets. And you know, there was yeah. all this discussion that I never figured out, but I'm, you might know more than me, but I mean, it's still a really tough conference and it's highly competitive. Oh yeah, totally. Um, FAU, FIU, Georgia State, like they're all really solid teams. So that's, they've got a really tough conference. We've got a good tough conference. And it was kind of fun getting, uh, being able to be in the same place as them and watching their conference unfold as ours did as well. So, yeah. All right, let's jump up to uh, number 14 on collegebeachphoebe.com. Cal Poly, they were in a must-win situation in their tournament. There was, and we had been talking all season long, you know, Hawaii, Long Beach State looks pretty good. Cal Poly was, was you know, they had a really tough schedule and they, had, they hadn't gotten a really big win. So in order to get in, here we are, backs against the wall, but they happen to be hosting the conference tournament. Charlie, talk about their performances last weekend up at uh, San Luis Obispo. Yeah, I mean, we were watching the live scores and like the live streams of this because we had just finished our conference tournament and we're traveling back and we were really, really impressed with Cal Poly. Um, I've gotten the chance to see them up close to play them. They've come, they came to us. We played them down in LA. So I've seen a lot of Cal Poly this season and definitely kind of been curious to see how their postseason was going to ring out just because of the fact that they hadn't really necessarily had one of those big upset wins yet. Um, but I do know, I mean, we see it in the notes here, but they do have all their players healthy again. It's nice to see Mariah Whalen back in the lineup. It's like, it's nice to see kind of Cal Poly getting their wind back. Um, and with that being said, I mean, you, you said it perfectly, Rob, their backs were against the walls and they did exactly what they needed to do. Because I think without that big West championship win, it might've, the cards might've fallen in a different manner. And it's so awesome to see that Cal Poly was able to win with their back against the wall like that. Yep. Mads, what you got to add? Yeah, that was well said. I just wanted to talk about Cal Poly's facility. I went for the first time this season and it's gorgeous. And I totally get the home court advantage. Like they actually had a lot of fans come out even when we played them. Um, and so I feel like that definitely gave them advantage for this conference too. They are the first team that we play. So I'm excited. Um, that's a really solid first game. It's not like a walk in the park at all. Like that's gonna be a tough matchup for us. And I know we're really excited to compete against them. Yeah. Well, I, I didn't have this highlight in our notes when you we were discussing, but I was thinking it as you guys are talking about it and the big Western, but all season long, we've been talking about Long Beach state being two points away from a big upset. They got one beating LMU the last day of the regular season. And I was reading through the notes, but they were ready to clinch in the big West tournament. They were up 11, seven in the third set to clinch and lost it. That's no. how close they were. <laughs> That's horrible. I actually didn't know that they were up that much. And, uh, <laughs> so, that, was, that was one of those live scores that we were watching kind of on the edge of our seat to see how they were. I still stand by the fact that I think Long Beach State had such a fantastic season and was probably robbed this year. I do think that we should be seeing Long Beach State out here in Gulf Shores. So it's a little bit unfortunate that they didn't necessarily get the results in Big West championships that they needed to put themselves out here because I, I do think that they had a season that was definitely worthy of competition out here. Yeah. And Mike Campbell's doing a really good job with that group of girls that he's getting in. You know, Skylar German at the number ones, you know, she's listed at five, seven, five, eight, but she's another leaper. She's, she's basically Brooke Van Sickle, Long Beach State style. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Let, 
let's jump up. Um, we already talked about FAU, but uh, obviously they, they've got him. We'll talk about it more later, but they were up against FIU in the dual clinching set on court one. And then it came down to a 26-24 third set loss or a victory for FIU that had them advance to play in the final against Georgia State. I mean, we talked about a little earlier, and actually I'd found out from, I think is Charlie had mentioned how that win occurred. But, you know, how about that matchup? You know, that's a great, great uh, rivalry matchup, FAU and FIU. And it came down to the number one court, 26-24 third set. Yeah. Actually, let's go to the Mads on this one. <laughs> Yeah, so it was really hot where Huntsville, Alabama. So I, I bet 26, 24, they were all exhausted. And I know the final point was a trickle serve. So that's just so defeating. And I'm really glad that FAU got invited to the tournament because they're an amazing team. And to go down in the way that they did at conference, I feel like is it doesn't reflect how good they are in their season. So, yeah. What you got to add, Charlie? <clears throat> Yeah, I was, I was going to say the exact same thing. I think that it wasn't necessarily a proper indication of how solid of a team FAU is. And I want to say like, they're so solid of a team. We are matching up against them on Wednesday. So I'm really looking forward to battling with them. I've never put, we've never played FAU in my time at Stanford. And so I think we're going in with really fresh faces and excited to play them excited that they made it. Um, and I mean, I do think that what it boils down to is that's a really tough loss to see at conference versus FIU, but they do have a 5-0 sweep of FIU earlier in the season. So I think looking at books is that they were still able to squeak out kind of that bid above FIU, even though FIU got that win in the long, in the end game. Yep. <clears throat> I know we had already talked about Cal Poly, but um, next up in the, our discussion, Hawaii, they've been the big West conference favorites and we've been talking about it all year long. Brooke Van Sickle, Kaylee Glago, um, you've got Kylan Loker, as well as Elihia Huddleston. I mean, they have a great solid lineup of players on their side, but Cal Poly got them twice, three, two, both times. Um, Hawaii, are they going to be potent here in Gulf Shores, even after the, the three, two losses in the Big West Conference tournament? And we'll start with West Coast rep, Charlie. <laughs> yeah, I think Hawaii made it a little bit tougher for themselves with their, with the way that big West folded out. I think that they've got a little bit more of an uphill battle um, this coming week at the tournament than they might've had, had they won the big West championship. Um, they're a really, really talented team and they've got some good upset or some good wins under their belts. They were also upset a couple of times. I know that that was a huge like get back over beating UC Davis, because I believe the last, time that they matched up against Davis this season they actually ended up suffering a 3-2 loss um, and so I know that that was a revenge win against UC Davis at Big West and I'm glad that they were able to pull that off um, and glad that they were able to go to the finals I mean the people that you just mentioned are some of the people that I grew up playing with and so it's really fun to see them doing really really great things I mean you mentioned Kylan Loker she switched over from being a full-time blocker to a full-time defender and is doing great things um, playing at the twos after underneath a really, really fantastic defender in Brooke Van Sickle. And so I think Hawaii's got some really good offense defense combinations. And so they might have a little bit of a steeper climb um, than they might've had, had they won big West, but they're still definitely a force to be reckoned with that. They're not going to make it easy on anybody this week. All right. Matt's thoughts on the Hawaii. 
Yep, that was, that was definitely well said. Um, I am looking forward to Hawaii's first matchup versus LMU because I know they have split. They've both beaten each other, and I feel like that's just going to be an awesome head-to-head, -head, really tough battle at the beginning. So I hope that it's at a time where I can watch it because that's going to be really entertaining. <laughs> All right, we have to move up. And sorry, Charlie, we got to talk about Stanford. And <laughs> I know that it wasn't the result you wanted, but as a, a body of work for the season, Stanford had a good season. Um, they ramp it up for Gulf Shores, the Cardinal, or just Charlie, <laughs> or both. <laughs> All, of <the> above. <laughs> All of the above. You, you are correct that Pac-12 championships was not the outcome that we wanted to see last week. Um, we had a couple losses on day two that knocked us out a little bit earlier than we would have wanted. Um, but at the end of the day, I think that it just made us even hungrier to compete, made, kept us on the edge of our seats when selection show was coming out, which just made it that much more exciting yet again. Um, we're really excited to be back out here. We're very, very excited to compete and get the opportunity to compete again. Um, and we're hungry. We're hungry for more wins. We are not even close to being done. We are not going to just roll over. So I'm excited. Well, I got to give Mads a chance to say something about her colleague on the screen there. What do you think, Mads? Is she spot on or not? Yeah, I think she's spot on. Charlie's had a great year. You're 17 and six, right? I think it's with Maddie. I am. Yes. Yes. Okay. 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 So obviously a really good resume. You guys have put in the work all season. I'm so excited. FAU. It's fun that you've never played them before. Like this is a total, a totally fresh game. Um, and what a better place to do it than Gulf Shores. So I'm excited for you guys. Good stuff. And who probably has had a great week. Number seven, Grand Canyon idol. They just uh, got to let their wounds heal from regular season I imagine they'd come and recharge, but I wouldn't know. I'm not a beach volleyball athlete. So for you guys, how important or how detrimental could that week be? You know, being that you're going to face, I've been calling it the brawl in Bama because I look at the talent across the board. It's going to be just dog fights on every single court, but I wanted to get your take and we'll start with you, Mads. Yeah. Speaking from personal experience, we had, we had a tournament and then we had a week off and then we had conference and that weekend off, I think was just so good for team morale. We recharged, we, you know, we had a really solid practice. And then next week it was like, oh my gosh, volleyball is so much fun. Like we all missed it. Let's battle as hard as we can. It's like, you come in fresh. And I think that that's going to play in GCU's favor that they're coming in fresh for the tournament. Yep. Charlie thoughts. Yeah. Mads, you said it perfectly. I think that it's definitely an advantage that they've got to have that little bit of rest um, because nobody else has that little bit of rest, kind of a perk of them being an unconferenced team. Um, they, I mean, they've had an incredible season. They've been playing really, really great volleyball. I know that they beat us most recently. I think we were the last team that they played um, and they're a very talented team. Like they do not mess around. So I'm, I think Grand Canyon's coming out ready. I think they're coming out with fresh bodies, fresh faces, hungry. All right, we're gonna to go to our top six now. Uh, and I say this one because I actually had the coach on last week in lieu of our normal College Volleyball Weekly Beach Top 20, Russell Brock of LSU. Um, you know, had, I mean, believe it or not, we talked for like 30 some plus minutes and that's two guys. Guys don't talk more than five. <laughs> so I had a lot of good things to say, but um, fellas program's in a great place. They uh, went into the tournament with, some 5-0 sweeps right off the bat, but then ran into a very hot Florida State team. So 
I'm going to let Charlie have first hand at it. And then Mads can give us a final, like knock it out of the park on this matchup. So Charlie thoughts on LSU. Yeah. I mean, it's good to see LSU back. I don't think anybody's really surprised because they've always been a powerhouse. I thought that I was very, very impressed by Florida state's performance at the CCSA championships. And just, I mean, they won CSCSA. We can talk about that after, but I mean, they handed a couple five Oh sweeps to LSU. And I think that that's very, very tough to do with a team like LSU. That's got a lot of height. That's got a lot of power. Um, and so, I mean, I think I'm intrigued to see because I have a sneaking suspicion that LSU is going to come out firing a little bit harder because they're going to be working to avenge a couple of those losses. But I think it is also like, that's going to be a tough matchup. They're playing, my brothers from the north, um, enemies most days, but brothers from the north in this <laughs> tournament, Cal. Um, and I'm excited for Cal to see that matchup. I think it's going to be a good. It's going to be a good matchup. All right, Mads, here's your time. The uh, <laughs> CCSA rivals. <laughs> yes. So even though they're uh, they are our rivals, and whenever I play them, I just am all out as aggressive as I can. I have a ton of respect for. Um, the coaching staff um, and all of the players, they, you know, they play that classic big girl, little girl, and it works for them. I mean, that block is gigantic. Speaking from experience, those girls are really tall and very dynamic for being so tall. So I have a lot of respect for them. I don't think that they're going to, like Charlie said, lay down and kind of die off easy, like conference. They're probably still fiery and, and kind of angry from their, uh, what happened at conference. So I could definitely see them coming to NCAs and definitely making a few upsets and probably going a long way. All right. We're going top five and I actually can speak to this next team because I worked that conference WCC conference all weekend. And it's a LMU John Mayer's guys grills operating at high efficiency right now. And um, they were beating a lot of people. Our next closest competition, number two seed Pepperdine beat them 5-0 because they played the completion. Then for the championship match, they played till they, it was clinched. It was 3-0. But uh, Pepperdine had a hard road. They dropped into the, the contender's bracket and had to play basically three back-to-back-to-back -to -back -to -back, uh, duels to get to that championship match. So um, uh, pairs that caught my eye, Megan Rice and Rake Orsi-Toth. Um, Megan Rice is a blocking machine. She was there, – there were rallies where she's getting multiple blocks – uh, on the same series. And it was amazing to see how she's getting a good read on that. And even if you did get it by, uh, Reka was right behind there to, to scoop things up and get it on transition. And then um, old uh, teammate of Mads, Avery Popenga and Maureen Kinna, just two long athletes uh, who are blocking and digging the crud out of every single ball. And uh, Popenga was coming in with some serious heat. So Avery, has got an arm on her. So, uh, but I want to get you guys thoughts on LMU and we'll start with, uh, we'll start with Mads on this one. Yeah. Um, LMU is amazing. I know because we've played them. They're so um, dynamic and powerful and Avery just seems to have been getting better and better and better. And I feel like she's definitely peaking. Her partner has a cut shot. That is the most extreme cut shot I've ever seen in my entire life. So I hope we get a chance to play them because I want to dig that cut shot. Um, <laughs> but LMU is really talented. Uh, that's going to be they're they're so good this year so I'm really excited to see how they do and to maybe face them soon in the tournament all right Ads, what you got I'm oh, sorry Charlie what do you got to add <laughs> yeah no I mean I've been really impressed by Loyola Marymount since last year even seeing them I think that they came out 
and they were the biggest surprise at NCAAs of anybody. Um, and they have just like continuously, like they have not ceased to amaze me. Um, they have fantastic coaching behind them. Um, I've, I love John Mayer and absolutely just adore that entire coaching staff. And so I've, and just, I mean, I don't know, they've been doing incredible things this season. And so I think that them just really like handedly winning that, um, West coast conference, I think that they're kind of coming out with some fire. And I think that it's going to be really interesting because looking at Hawaii, um, it says here like Megan Rice and Reiko Orsi Toth, like they're a very, very solid pair, but two of their six total losses on season are to the Hawaii ones of Brooke Van Sickle and Kaylee Glagow. And so I'm thinking like, that's, this is going to be a definite heated battle between them. Like, I don't know, are, are Megan and Reiko going to be able to avenge those losses are Brooke and Kaylee going to just come out with a force of dominance? I'm, I don't know. I'm excited to see. I hope that that doesn't coincide with my games so that I can watch it instead of just hear about it. All right, Mads, what you got to add? Yeah, I, I think that was perfectly said. All right. Well, let's go up to a team that Mads is very familiar with, the Florida State Seminoles, coming up huge in that CCSA tournament. Um, LSU twice, 4-0 and 5-0. And uh, TCU 3-1 going up to the championship match. And then TCU again. How was it like competing with, I mean, they're arguably basically top two the entire season. Mm -hmm. um, and they were one for a little bit now, I think about it, weren't they? Yes. Yeah, like, I think they were. <laughs> so, yeah. um Talk about that matchup between the Seminoles and the Horned Frogs. It was so much fun. Um, before the game, like they, they're in their little hype circle and they're dancing and they're singing and they're getting super pumped up. And then we do our own thing and we get super pumped up. And there was just so much energy leading into that game because it's it was definitely the closest it's ever been for a conference title um, for us. Uh, so we knew we were going to have to fight with everything that we had. And we had just done really good against LSU. So we were kind of coming off of that that nice high. Um, but it was just, it was a huge team win. Like our coaching staff, everyone that's involved with our program, all of our parents, every single player starter or non-starter just came together and gave all of their energy to that win. And I think that that's, that's why we won it. Um, just the combined effort of every single person that is a seminal, um, to that win. Yeah. It was really, really fun. <laughs> now whose court did it come down to? I couldn't tell from the video who that was. We were, me and Elena on the twos were basically racing Jordan and Morgan at the fours and Jordan and Morgan finished before us. We had 15, 14 and they finished. So we ran over there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Charlie, outsider thoughts on Florida state and the big weekend. Outsider, the weekend was awesome to watch. And kind of, I think I was mostly watching like live updates on your guys' Instagram. Like I was seeing like all the plays and I was like, oh my gosh, like come on. Um, it was really, really fun to watch, um, the little bits that I got to watch. And I also, I think it was just really cool. Cause you guys came back, you avenged that like original loss that knocked you guys into contenders. I think it's really easy to say it's really hard to beat a good team twice. And you guys like kind of were the definition there. Like you guys are a tough team, really hard to beat you twice. And you proved that, um, by taking them when it really mattered. I mean, it was, it was 
really awesome to see you guys take that against TCU. I, I didn't know that it was a race between you guys and Jordan and Morgan. And that makes it almost more fun. I feel like when you're like back and forth competing, like the fact that you guys are up like 15, 14, and then you're like, okay, we're done. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> I think that that's always really hilarious to me or like you're at your match point And then all of a sudden you hear the horn get blown and you're like, okay, dub, let's go. <laughs> I think that that's, I mean, it's awesome. I love that you guys were able to pull that off um, and split the weekend with them and take the conference championship. Um, we didn't get to see you last recording because you were busy with some stuff for your grad program, but we were literally talking about that, about how you guys were going to come out and be definitely really, really tough to beat with TCU. And so I think it was cool to see you guys do that. I'm excited to see you guys this week. Just for oh, correction, it was a it is a ad hoc coach scheduled practice. Why she missed? Not <laughs> 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 get <back> to reps. <laughs> um, which leaves our final two pair. We we talked about TCU with Florida State, but obviously the last one is the Pac-12, and that's UCLA and USC. USC dominant form won the uh, Pac-12 conference tournament or the Beach Championships, and it hit three zero three one. Uh, against uh, UCLA, but um, the two LA teams, they've been going at it. UCLA handed USC their only loss in the season. And since then, it just seems USC's use that as fire to not lose again. So um, what do we think about USC and UCLA? And we'll start with Mads on this one and we'll end with Charlie. Well, I'm reading from your notes that are so organized and thorough that their <laughs> one, twos and threes have a combined two losses in 2022. And that makes up a 0.938 winning percentage. That <laughs> blows my mind. The consistency of those three pairs is really what does it for USC. Time and time again, they bring their A game and it's it's very impressive. Yep. Charlie. Yeah, you you hit the nail on the head with that one. I believe Sammy and Megan are the only remaining pair that's undefeated nationally. That correct. <laughs> yes. And so having a twos, that's the only remaining national pair that's undefeated having a threes that has one loss and having uh, ones that has one loss. Um, pretty nice to have under the belt. Um, getting it done at those seeds makes the lower <laughs> seeds have even less pressure, which is really cool because what we're, what we've seen this season, I feel like is we're seeing a lot of wins coming from the threes, fours, fives, and USC has kind of been the defining factor for saying no to that and winning at the ones, twos, threes. Um, they're very dominant and they've got a lot of depth and they've got a lot of age and wisdom in their program. Um, and so they are definitely the ones to beat this, this tournament, this final stretch, um, and UCLA, I mean, there's, I don't want to talk any down on them because they've been doing incredible things as well. And they're the ones who knocked us into the contenders bracket at pac 12s as well. Um, I did not finish my duel against Devin and Jaden, my match against Devin and Jaden, but UCLA is coming out as a force as well. They are not ones to be messed with. Um, they're coming in as the three seed to this tournament. And I think that honestly might be the lowest seed that they've ever had in a national championship tournament, I want to say. And so I think that that's almost going to make them even more formidable because we're going to see them being like, nope, we wanted the one or two. And this is why we wanted the one or two. And so I don't know. I think it'll be really an interesting toss up this coming week. When you look at the, uh, the, uh, the rosters, what they're comprised of, uh, USC has graduate students and they're the older you know, with more seasoned and experienced players, whereas UCLA, they're all freshman, sophomore, with the mm -hmm. exception of maybe uh, Marley Montserrat um, and maybe another uh, junior, because like Marley's a, a graduate student. But you've got the freshman phenoms of um, 
gosh, Sophie Moore and Nellie Miskowski, you know, who have who were phenomenal early on this season. They still are, but they've they moved into the five spot from the fours. <clears throat> and then you still have, I mean, Jaden and and is young. Dev is young. They're sophomores. And you have Lexi, sophomore, um, Abby, a junior. So there's some youth on the UCLA roster versus USC's graduate student lineup and their seniors. So I'm curious what team's going to show up. <laughs> I was going to say, I always forget that we've got the COVID shirt that knocks us down here. Um, because I was going to say, I was like, wait, Jaden and Abby are my year. And then I was like, wait, no, we're all younger because we have a COVID shirt. <laughs> we're not actually seniors. We're juniors. Yes. Um, COVID not only that, messed up society, but made us younger. <laughs> yeah. No, but I mean, you're, you're really, really saying a lot of truth there is that USC we'll see after this year, they don't have that youth that we're seeing in a lot of other programs. So it's cool. We'll see what USC does this year, but it's also looking into the future years. Yep. Where are they going to go from here? Yeah. As always, great analysis of this last weekend's tournaments. But with that, we now know who is all in the tournament. So I'll just go through a quick uh, recap of who those teams are and just want to get a quick comment from both of you about the, the selection by the NCAA selection committee. So out of the ASUN, you had Stetson getting the AQ. Uh, FGCU knocked out. Uh, that was another team we were watching. Out of the Big West, you had Cal Poly, the AQ, Hawaii with an at-large. Um, Long Beach State got knocked out, and that was a team we were watching. CCSA, Seminoles, AQ, TCU, and LSU get the uh, at-larges. Uh, Conference USA, they got Georgia State as the winner, FAU at-large. Ohio Valley Conference, UT Martin gets the AQ. Out of the Pac-12, most teams in the tournament, USC the AQ and at-larges to UCLA, Stanford, and Cal. Out of the Southland Conference, Texas A&M Corpus Christi, or the Islanders. I had to look that up. <laughs> and then uh, out of the WCC, LMU at the AQ, and the Independence gets the at-large, and that's Grand Canyon. Um, I know this is always a hot question, but did the committee get it right? And we'll start with, you know, Madison looks uh, very confident. I'm going to hit you up first. <laughs> I think that they did get it right. The only two that we talked about were Long Beach State and FIU not getting in. I think that I think that it's good that FAU got in over FIU. Um, they had beaten them before. They lost by this much. They had a better season. So I think that the committee did get it right. Final answer. <laughs> <laughs> and then pull the ripcord and jump out of the plan so you're safe. <laughs> All right, Charlie. I agree with Mads. I do have to say that I think that it's just the unfortunate setup of having some at-large bids um, go or some conference auto qualifiers that might have like decreased the size of at-large because of the fact that we've never had conference automatic qualifiers before, but it talks about the growth of our sport, talks about the growth of it all in general, that we have this expansion of the bracket. I think that the conference, that the committee got it right um, with the amount of bids and at-large places that they were allotted. I think that it is a bummer for FIU and Long Beach State, because I do think that they were both teams that fought really hard and could have had a really, really awesome run here at Gulf Shores. But at the end of the day, I do think the committee got it right. Yep. Let's take a break right there so we can take a breather, suck down some water and all that stuff. This is a Charlie X from Stanford, Mads Fitzpatrick of Florida State. You're watching College Volleyball Weekly, Gulf Shores or Brawl in Bama edition. So we'll be right back. 
Hi, everyone. This is Madison Fitzpatrick at Florida State, and you're listening or watching College Volleyball Weekly Beach Edition Top 20. Hi, I'm Erica Brock from FAU. Hi, Mackenzie Morris from FAU. And you're listening to College Volleyball Weekly Beach Edition. Hey, welcome back to College Volleyball Weekly Beach Top 20 Brawl in Bama Edition. And we are ready to talk about the matchups that are happening on the sands of Gulf Shores, Alabama. And none other, 9 a.m. start off time, Stanford Cardinal, the number nine seed, taking the number eight seed, FAU. Stanford comes in with a hot 24 and 11 record out of arguably one of the toughest conferences in the nation against FAU, who's 22 and 10. Tell me about this matchup. And we'll start with Matt since uh, Charlie's in it already. And she probably can't like show any of her, you know, <laughs> secrets. Yeah. Um, I'm really excited about this one because obviously they've never played before. I feel like I know both of these teams so well, and it's weird that you guys have never connected, but it's kind of fun. You're just total opposite sides of the world meeting here in Gulf Shores to play each other for the first time. Um, I think it's going to be a battle. I think it's going to be a close one. I'm I have friends on both sides. I'm rooting for both teams. Um, but all in all, I, I think both teams are They're all yeah. frenemies. <laughs> exactly. It's really just going to be whoever is on that day. Whichever team plays their best version of volleyball that day is going to win. Yep. All right, Charlie, here you go. Without showing any secrets. <laughs> Without sharing any <laughs> secrets. No, I mean, I think, Mads, you hit it on the head. I think it is going to be a close stool. And I think that I know from our perspective that we're very, very ready to battle. We're hungry come off, coming off of a couple of losses to Avenge from Pac-12 championships. We are not ready to get sat down quite yet. Um, and I know that FAU is also coming off of some hungry um, conference losses as well. And so I think that it's going to be a very, very gritty battle. I don't think either of us are ready to be done yet. And so I'm excited. It's going to be a good start in the morning. It's going to be a nice wake up, a beautiful day at Gulf Shores and competing for the chance to move on. Yep. I forgot to mention that's Wednesday morning, 9 a.m. Central, I believe. So that's yes. 7 a.m. Pacific and uh, what's that? 10 a.m. or four? No. Yes. 8 a.m. for Eastern. <laughs> so, but uh, some of my volley nerd, courtesy of collegebeachvb.com with some numbers, um, FAU's one through threes are what's been getting it done for that squad. That's uh, Ellie, Austin, and Julie. Hansa Vichova in the threes. You have Courtney Moon and Marquetta Svazalova at the twos. And then, you know, we've had them on the show here, Erica Brock and Mackenzie Morris with a fiery 24 and seven record. So uh, that's who to watch. Her Stanford. How can you not watch Charlie Ekstrom, Maddie Chris, 17 and two at the number twos, and Zoe Hodel and Kate Riley, 18 and six at the ones. Let's jump on to our next one. Number six, LSU versus number 11, Cal. Let's let Mads jump in on this one first and her thoughts on that matchup. I think it all depends on how LSU responds to their conference loss. They can either be down in the dumps and have their confidence like knocked down a little bit because of conference, or they can, you know, meet the obstacle in the eye and, and face it and be like, okay, we're going to step up and we're going to prove everyone wrong. That thinks that we, I don't, didn't do as good as we should have. So, um, and I also am excited for Cal. I was talking to Lexi McEwen earlier um, and she's excited because only her and Anna Costa are the only ones who have been to Gulf Shores. So she's really excited for her team to get here, have that fun experience, and then maybe have an awesome upset versus a powerhouse team. Yep. Charlie. 
Yeah, I mean, these are, I'm less familiar with LSU as a standpoint of playing them this season, but still very familiar with a lot of players on their team. They're a lot of high talent. Mad said it earlier. They play a very traditional big blocker, small defender and play it very, very well. They play the traditional game of volleyball very incredibly well. Um, and something that they've also done um, that I've, that I was trying to speak to earlier was that they do a very good job of winning at the middle of their lineup at their twos, threes, fours. Um, and so it's really cool to kind of see how well LSU has been executing some of their wins. My brothers of the North Cal, I've gotten to see them up close, gotten to see them up close and personal quite a few times this season. Um, this is the best Cal team that I've really ever seen. And um, they had some tough losses in the middle of season after losing Mima Murkovich um, to a torn ACL um, and season ending injury, but they were able to bounce back and see a lot of power in some of their younger players and really start getting the job done. Um, it's really cool to have them out here for the first time. I'm really, really happy for them. I've got a couple of very close friends on the team. So I'm really excited that they were able to make it out here with us. Um, and I am eager to see how they perform against LSU. Well, you definitely hit the head on the uh, uh, nail on the head on that one because it's two through fours in LSU. They're doing it, but the one with the smoking hot record right now are Riley Allred and Holly Carlton at the threes, 24 and three. So um, uh, Kelly Green Agnew and Grace Seats, a uh, friend of yours as well, 15 and two. And then uh, Kelly DeBerg and Parker Bracken at 14 and four to sandwich that, that middle set up there. So that's where LSU is most, most lethal. And then Cal Anacosta stepping up after transferring to Cal for the Golden Bears, but Ava Mann and Ainsley Riddell at the twos and Brooke Buckner and Ashley Delgado uh, at the threes, helping them out. And that happens an hour after your uh, duel, Charlie. So that is uh, looking at the schedule that is 10 a.m. Next matchup, number four, LMU versus number 13, Hawaii. Pretty good matchup. And uh, let's start with you, Charlie, West Coast to East Coast on this one. Yeah, so we were mentioning that, mentioning that this duel has split, um, or this duo, these matchups have split this season. This is probably, honestly, Hawaii, I think that's their biggest win this season is against LMU. Um, and they beat LMU 3-2, I believe, at LMU's home beach. And so I think Hawaii's coming out really excited that they're back in Gulf Shores and also ready to avenge a little bit of a Big West kind of um, downfall a little bit. So I'm excited to see. It says here, um, we were just talking about this earlier with um, us seeing a lot of power in the ones and twos with LMU, but with Megan Rice and Rake Orsi Toads at the ones, they've only had six losses the entire season. And two of those losses have been served by the Hawaii ones of yeah. Brooke Van Sickle and Kaylee Glagow. Um, so I think that that's going to be really, really fun to watch because that, while it may seem like it's a little bit less of a toss up based on seeding, I think it's definitely the potential for an upset for Hawaii to come out. Yep. Mads. Yep. Uh, I think the key here is just, it, it will be an upset if Hawaii wins. And I feel like they need to go into it with the minds of the mindset of, Hey, we've got nothing to lose. Like we're, we're ranked lower. We've had not as good of a season. Let's just go and play as hard as we possibly can and maybe try and stir things up and make something happen. I think that maybe they could do it, but I do my final like feeling is that LMU is going to end up on top just because of their, their lineup is pretty stacked <laughs> this year. There's so. a lot of sheer power. There's a lot of sheer power in that LMU lineup. Yeah. 
Well, that's the uh, number two pairs that we mentioned earlier. Avery Popinga and Maureen Kinna, 26 and eight on the season. And then Megan Rice and Rake Orsi tell at the 27 and six. But Charlie did mention it. Two of their six losses were to Hawaii's ones of uh, Brooke Van Sickle and Kaylee Glago. Um, one of the other teams to watch for Hawaii, their fives, Ilahia Huddleston and Riley Wagner, who are 14 and six on the season. Let's jump to our next matchup. And, um, you know, <laughs> this is the one that, you already cited one of the stats in there, but it's number one USC, who is 32 and one on the season versus number 16 UT Martin, who's 17 and eight. Um, Mads, thoughts on this matchup? Um, I think that USC is going to come out loud and proud and in charge. And I think that UT Martin needs to come out and have fun and try their best um, and really just soak in this experience because how often do you get to play USC at a national championship? Like that's just so much fun. So uh, yeah. You know what though? I do recall you, there was an upset in the first round. Stetson. I remember that. Yes. That was <laughs> <fun>. <laughs> so that could happen. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Charlie, thoughts? Yeah, I think USC is a very, very tough team to beat. Um, seeing as I've gotten a couple losses handed to me by them this season, um, they're very, very talented. Um, and I've not gotten the chance to see UT Martin play at all. They won their conference. They got an at-large and nobody's really gotten to see much of them because they've not necessarily worked their way into this top 16 before. So super, super excited for them to kind of just be adding to the growth of beach volleyball as a whole. Um, but I am, I do end up thinking that I'm edging towards USC, um, taking this one pretty solidly. Edging. Okay. I, I go with that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Our next matchup, which is, brings us to 1 PM central time. It's number two, TCU finishing the season 38 and three versus number 15, Texas A&M Corpus Christi finish the season 21 and 12. Um, Charlie, we'll start with you on this one. Thoughts on TCU. I got the opportunity to play TCU at TCU this year. Um, and something that I really admired from their team um, and that we even talked with them after the game, like in a goofy manner is there are not that many teams who match our like ridiculousness on cheers. Um, Cause we have a lot of very wacky things that we come up with and that we take a lot of pride in. And TCU is firing back. They have a very excellent um, crowd. They've got a very, very excellent team when it comes to motivating each other. Um, and they get their jobs done. Like they are very, very strong, a very strong executing team. Um, and so I do think TCU has a strong edge to go back to edging. Um, TCU's, I mean, Corpus Christi's got a lot to work on or like to work towards right now mm -hmm. to take on this team of TCU that's pretty hot they got that lost knocked down by FSU but other than that they're pretty hot they're 38 and 3 on this season with their only losses coming from FSU and USC yep Mads yep. let us know what's on your mind <laughs> I agree 100% I feel like TCU is going to be out for vengeance uh, after that conference loss you know they they're just they're stacked all the way down like Megan Murray at the five is just crazy consistent and then they've got the ccsa freshman of the year on a vagara and then the obviously their ones uh daniela and tanya just ccsa pair of the year you know slight flex whatever yeah. um they're really good they're going to come out firing i know that they're going to be one of the top competitors for sure at this tournament well we uh we we're talking about those pairs which i had in my notes there they have the ones fours and fives have the combined record of 81 and 13 
Uh, pretty good winning percentage. And then if you look at their number two, so that's Danny Alvarez, Tony Moreno, Maria Gonzalez, Anna Vergara, Maiden Murray, Rochelle Scott. But but they do something interesting at the twos. And I'm wondering what they're going to do while they're out there in um, Gulf Shores. Because at the number twos, they're 29 and 10, but they interchange uh, Kayla McHugh and Haley Hamlet with Sutton McTavish. At least so I saw when they're out at the UCLA Invitational, depending on who they're playing. So, um, but will they have the opportunity to do that switch? I don't think so. I think it's going to be Sutton and Kaylee McHugh at the twos. At least that's how what it was for conference. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So yeah, what, the lineups are frozen unless it, in the case of injury um, for like comp, at least for Pac-12. So I'm assuming for all conference and then for yeah. plays for sure. Yep. Which brings us to our number three, UCLA 31 and seven versus number 14 Stetson 23 and 16. How do these teams get it done and how's this matchup going to pan out? And we'll start with you, Mads. Well, I think we can all agree that UCLA is basically a pro of Gulf Shores and the national championship. So I feel like they're, they just have the experience and the expertise here. That's going to lead them. I feel like all the way, but we've seen Stetson come in and upset USC a few years back. So I'm <laughs> never counting Stetson out ever after that one time. Um, it'll be a fun game for sure. Yep. Mads. I mean, Charlie, that's how many times I've done that already. <laughs> I just miss Mads so much. I've seen Charlie a lot, but. <laughs> no. So, I mean, Mads, I feel like you couldn't have said it any better. I will never sleep on Stetson after they beat USC. Uh, I don't know, two years ago, three years ago, what was it now? Um, they are the only team to ever upset a number one seed. Um like in the first round of an NCAA tournament. So that was huge. Um, I am intrigued to see how this one goes. I being seeing as how UCLA knocked us into contenders at Pac-12s, they're a very, very good team. They're very talented. Uh, And I know that them losing to USC twice definitely did not sit well with them. So I think that they're going to be coming out for blood. And I think that Stetson's got got a tough hill to to climb, but they also shouldn't sleep on Stetson because we know Stetson's capable of creating some upsets. Yeah. Some of the uh, um, numbers I picked out from them for UCLA, uh, they get it done at the ones, twos, and fives. Well, they were fours and now fives, but uh, that's Lexi Denneberg and Abby Van Winkle at the ones, Dev Newberry, Jaden Whitmarsh at the twos, and the fours now fives, uh, so if you more Nally Niskowski. For Stetson, their ones and twos have been pretty consistent. Shea Hansen and Kylie, Nusha Varova at 21 and 11. That was a mouthful. And Carolina Ferraris and Anata Namike at 26 and 6. So um, definitely one to watch. Uh, can never count Stetson out. Which brings us to Florida State at number 5, seed 28 and 9 versus Cal Poly, the 12, seed 23 and 16. We'll start with you, uh, Charlie. Yes. Um <clears throat> I really like this note in the notes for Florida State of they get you at all pairs um, with their combined 732 winning percentage. Um, Florida State, you, I mean, clearly we might be a little bit biased because we've got one of them on the screen here with us, um, but they do a lot of good things a lot of the time. Um, and I am really excited to see them come out and perform. I know that Cal Poly is coming on a really, really hot streak right now with a fully healthy team. Um, But I do think that Florida State is also coming off of a very hot streak um, and has the opportunity, has a really solid opportunity here. Yep. 
All right, Mads, here's your uh, ringing moment, or you have secrets that you don't want to show, that tell anyone, so, but you're going to go around <laughs> them and talk about it here. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm pretty biased, but I do feel like Florida State is trending upward at all the right times. We've had kind of a slow build of a season, and I feel like we're peaking and everything is kind of coming together at the perfect time. Like, we did what we needed to do at CCSAs, and I, I feel like team morale like we're just coasting upward. And I know Cal Poly is also coasting upward. I mean, they just had that awesome conference win too. So it's going to be a battle. But one thing about Florida State is that we are unconquered and we refuse to give up. So no matter how hard it is, I know for a fact one through five is going to give a hundred and million thousand percent, if that's a yeah. number. <laughs> <laughs> well, I you know that uh, Charlie uh, stated that that stat, that 732 winning percentage pretty much combined across all of FSU's pairs. And you know, you, you got to mention uh, Brooke Bauer and um, uh, uh, Maddie Mae Anderson, um, the CCSA pair of the year, I believe. And uh, they've been doing a lot of damage at that number one spot. Um, but stepping up, I have to admit, and not it's not because you're here, but Mads, <laughs> you and Elena started the threes, were dominating at threes and moved up in the twos and have done the same. So, um Excellent season for the number ones, twos, and slash former threes uh, that have been really getting it done for Florida State. Thank you. Yeah, I love looking over on the court next to me and seeing Brooke and Maddie just tearing it up. Like they look like two tall twins, two powerful tall twins out there. And it's, it's just so much fun. It's it's inspiring to look over, see them balling out as much as they are. I think that pushes Elena and I to be better for sure. Well, since you're rooming with Brooke, you can nudge her and, you know, say that she's getting props. She's probably sleeping or she can probably hear us, huh? She's she's looking at me. She's what's waving. She says, what's up? <laughs> it's if there is a video bomb ever accepted, it'll be from Brooke Bauer. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we got upside down Brooke Bauer. All right. I saw your former teammate, Deanna Kraft, this weekend. Hi. <laughs> Well, I just wanted to mention about the uh, your opponent this year. Um, got some really great play at the Big West Conference Tournament, obviously winning it uh, from a very heavily favored Hawaii team. But uh, Tia Mirich and Ella Connor, 26 and 12 at the ones. Piper Furch and Jalen Riley at the threes. But who really grabbed my eye in the spotlight was the number threes of Peyton Duick and Addison Hermistead. Um, Peyton Duick's listed at 5'6", five, 5'7". Five, she was hammering. Um, I don't know what it is, but people just didn't want to block her and she took advantage of it. And she definitely made the highlight reels. They're 19 and four in the season. So that brings us to our 4 p.m. and the final duel of Wednesday to start off the um, Gulf Shores National Championships. Grand Canyon, number seven, the team that's coming off a break versus the surprise winner of the Conference USA, number 10, Georgia State. Um, Charlie, thoughts on the matchup? I think we were saying it earlier that Grand Canyon ha does have a really nice advantage of being idle during conference week um, because of the fact that they've got a little bit of time to kind of rest, get ready, get a couple good practices in, and then come out here and fight. Um, they are a very, very talented team. Um, they've got a really, really solid um, twos. They've got a very, very solid threes. They've got a really solid fives. Uh, and I mean, they've got a great one and they've got a great fours as well. They're a really great team, but I do think that Grand Canyon should in theory, like obviously they're favored in the rankings. They should be able to execute, but we can't deny the fact that Georgia state is on a very, very hot streak right now. Um, I think it's going to be really, really hard to get a um, 
loss on that Ferrari twin record, looking at their 34 and two record at a pair of five, four twins playing at the fours and beating just about everybody that they play. Um, I think that Georgia state has something to prove and they have an opportunity to prove it here. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mads, anything to add? Yep. Well said. Um, we know that GCU has set their program record for victories this year. So we know that they're having a good season and also they beat Georgia state in Gulf Shores a while back for one. But I think since then Georgia state has been trending upward and getting better. And I feel like they're a completely different team than they were at the beginning of the season. So I feel like this may be the closest matchup we will see. It's, it's going to come down to one court in the third set. It, I, I'm hoping because that's the most entertaining, but it's definitely going to be a good <laughs> Well, it's interesting that you you brought that up, Matt, because I didn't realize that both of them are coming off a program best 26 wins. And I, I mean, pretty amazing season. I, in fact, Georgia State, 26 and six record. And uh, GCU being an independent, you know, they came and played some of the top teams and they have only six. Uh, they only had what I, I have to confirm the record, but their losses were quality losses if you can have a quality loss. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, with that, that should be the dogfight match of the day. That's what I'm calling. I think it's going to go a 3-2. It's come down to, I'm going to guess the uh, number two court. No, because they all go five, right? All five are going at once with the, the in the hour. So I'm going to say the number two court, which is going to be Ali Hansen and Alanis Navas, who were an ABCA pair of the week, I believe, like week three or four. So, but we'll see. <laughs> um, with that, that concludes all of our matches on day one. Um any predictions that you feel comfortable in making as a whole this week? I, I, you don't have to. I, I never want to put you guys in that pressure situation, being that you have to represent your programs. But, I mean, you are repeat visitors to Gulf Shores now, officially. But what is it that makes that tournament so exciting and so special and so um, one of the best fan experiences? And uh, we'll start with you, Charlie. Yeah, so I have never gotten an a full Gulf Shores experience because of last year it being still fairly restricted with COVID regulations. Um, I remember Mad saying that last year it didn't quite feel the same because of the fact that the environment was so different. Um, And so I'm really excited to get the full experience, have the courts be a little bit closer to one another instead of having to do the 300 meter dash back and forth between the fours and the fives. Um, I, I don't know. I think that there's something in the air here. And I think that with the expansion of our sport, there's so much good that's come from this. Um, and that this week, I don't know, there's something good in the air. I don't have any predictions, but I have some, I don't know, there's some good vibes going around. All right, Mads, question yeah. over to you. <laughs> there's just something about an accumulation of everyone's seasons coming to a close in the same place with the giant jumbotron, with the really loud speaker, with that 30 second countdown that's like boom, boom. And it's flashing the faces of all the players. And like the music is really loud and it's just everything is heightened to an extreme extent that it's just the best feeling ever. There's no place quite like it. Um, I am so excited. I know this is the most excited we've ever been probably because of COVID and now it's all like actually real and in its full power. but yeah, there's just nothing quite like it, like it. And you have to come and see it to actually know what I'm talking about. Well, I have to bounce this question off of you because both of you are in your, will be your senior seasons. I don't know if anything official has been 
decided yet for either of you or what happens next or eligibility wise, but it's got to mean even more so being that you're nearing the end of your collegiate careers. So I uh, wanted to get your thoughts on that. And we'll start with you, Mads. Since yeah. you're already working for ACC conference and being this awesome TV personality. Thank you. <laughs> um, I have sadly run out of eligibility. I have put it off for as long as I can. I've been here for five years and I'm sadly out of it. Um, what was the question? I get sad just thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> your, your experience, like how you're, you're gonna oh. treasure yeah, what your thoughts are being there. I am not a very emotional person, but I feel like the last serve, I'm just gonna cry my eyes out. There, this experience has been, I just it feels so blessed to have lived this life with beach volleyball at Florida State, meeting you guys and all the people that I have, having all these experiences. I wouldn't have traded it for the world. It's made me the person I am today. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna cry like a baby when this is all over. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Charlie? So my eligibility clock has not run out yet. Um, <laughs> yes, yay, big yays to that announcement to come. Um, but I am really, really excited. I think that looking at the growth of Stanford Beach Volleyball since I entered um, and just being here right now, competing with the team another year, um, I am so, so proud to have gotten to watch our growth and development for the last four years. It's ridiculous um, to see us go from like eight players. We literally had eight all that were beach only um, and a lot of injuries and just a tough season and finishing unranked to coming in, having our season canceled to COVID and then the next year going to national championships for the first time in the, in the history of ever. Um, I think coming in this year, it just feels like that additional sweetness that we've been able to repeat it um, and establish the fact that like Stanford Beach Volleyball is here to stay, that we aren't going anywhere in the scope of lowering our standards. Um, so I don't know. I just got an overwhelming sense of pride to be back and an overwhelming thirst for more. So, yeah. Well Love said. It. <laughs> well, I'm looking at the bracket as you're saying that I'm like, I wonder if you guys could come up against each other here. And I'm like, yeah, you totally could. Oh, we can have fun. <laughs> In theory. <laughs> In theory, that's the way it works out, right? Yes. Well, yeah, ladies, I uh, I know we've gone super long, but it's an exciting week. And this is what we've all been building up to. And um, I look forward to seeing extended journeys for you this week. And um, be following you guys from the NCAA Men's Indoor Volleyball Championships at UCLA, but I'll be watching. I'll have multiple monitors up on uh, Wednesday before the All-American Banquet here in uh, LA. And uh, I'll be following you closely, if not just texting and sending mes messages and uh, encouraging you to move on. So um, it's Mads Fitzpatrick of Florida State, Charlie Ekstrom of Stanford at Gulf Shores, Alabama for the NCAA Beach Volleyball Championships. It's going to be a brawl in Bama and with probably some of the most awesome athletes and women that I've been able to work with and teams. So ladies, best of luck this uh, week. And I look forward to chatting with you. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure as always. Yes. Thank you so much. So glad always. <laughs>